This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 108, Rising Above, with Shelly Smith, part one. everybody. I am Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, Becky Proudfit. What's up? Nothing. That's not true. I know. It, when people say nothing, I'm like, come on. Give it it's to me. It's never nothing. Like, tell me what's up. Well, if we're being honest. <laughs> Uh-oh. Maybe I shouldn't I'm have I'm struggling a little bit. Yeah? We're embarking on a little bit of distance learning for school, and mm. it's just been a really hard transition. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way around it. It's nobody's fault. There's no anger. It's just really stinking hard. And so I've had a little bit of anxiety creeping in, but I found the perfect cure that I'm going to share with you. Like right now? Right now. What is it? So generally when I lay down at night, I I can't watch anything even remotely stressful. Yeah. When I'm in states like these. No, of course. And thankfully Hallmark over Christmas in July, which nobody thinks is a holiday but me and Hallmark, they aired some Christmas Hallmark movies. So I recorded every single one. Oh my gosh. And I've been putting them on at nighttime. You're precious. And and falling asleep to the delightfully predictable tales of Christmas love. Are you saying that this serves you better than, say, watching the news at night? Or the Blackfish documentary. Or that which one. Which I shared with Becky. I did that mm-hmm. last time. Mm -hmm. I thought a documentary would be a nice, calm thing to watch. So I picked Blackfish. (laughs) Wasn't calm. Yes. No, this is putting me right to sleep in the most joyful and holiday spirits. And I couldn't be happier about it. So if you're stressed by the state of the current everything. World or Wi-Fi or distance learning. Online school. The COVID. Work. Any any of it. All the things. Hallmark movies. (laughs) There you go. They're predictable. They're clean. They have simple (laughs) storylines. Bam. Well, thanks for telling me honestly what's up because I'm serious. When I say what's up, how you doing? I really do want people to tell right? me. I have a hard time when somebody says, how are you doing? I usually don't say good because yeah. I'm like, well, I am great. Like today, this is something that's great that's going on. Or I'm like, this is hard. Right. But you asked. <laughs> so you asked. You, you opened that door. So <laughs> You sure did. Okay, you guys, with this episode, we have uh, recorded with Shelly Smith. What with wow, with what wow? I'll say wow. <laughs> Shelly Smith is a wow. She is a wow. She really is awesome, and she's someone we have had on our list for a long time. And it's taken a really long time to coordinate. make the stars align and yes. coordinate and be in the right spot mm-hmm. for both of us. And so I couldn't be happier. Also, Shelly herself even said like she had to feel ready yeah. emotionally. I was so proud of her for holding back until she felt like she was ready to put a microphone in front of her face, right, and talk about this hard stuff because it is really, it's, you know, it's challenging enough to go through difficult things and then to speak and articulate your thoughts about it. Sometimes you just kind of don't even know what to say when you're in the thick of it or freshly out of it. So we're honored to share this episode, this two-part episode with you, actually. So you are listening to part one and then tomorrow we're releasing part two. So be sure that you catch both parts. But before we get to that conversation with Shelly, we want to share, um, a little review with you because we have so many lovely reviews. Right, and it's been a minute. We it's haven't shared a, a review in a while. This is so sweet. Becky, you don't know which one I'm reading yet. Nope. So this is called The Mentoring I Didn't Know I Need, or she probably means needed, and maybe it faded out with a dot, dot, dot. 
The mentoring I didn't know I needed. First of all, she says, I want to second a review that has already been posted that said, it's like chatting with two friends who want nothing but good things for you. Oh, I do want nothing but good things for you. She says, I feel that every, I feel that every time I listen to an episode, the wisdom and love shared in this podcast has been so helpful to me as a 23 year old with no kids and married only two years. I didn't expect to relate and connect as much as I have with their experiences and thoughts, but without a doubt, every episode I listen to makes me feel empowered as a woman, wife, and future mother. I am so grateful for Becky squared. That is so sweet. That is sweet. lovely. I love her already, and I want to hang out with her. Yes, please Not hang out with her. Not just because she says nice things about us. <laughs> right. But you know what she said about feeling empowered, feeling loved, feeling supported. You know, a couple of friends who want nothing but the best for you. I think that's what we all want. It's what we want out of our friendships and our relationships. Yeah. And so we're so glad that you guys feel that. We really are. Hey. I know. So thank you for that sweet review. Okay. Before we get to Shelly, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. So there I was years ago, and I went to one of those pricey makeup counters in a department store. They did my makeup, and I bought a bunch of their products, and it really wasn't long before my eyelids were red and scaly. I thought the irritation had something to do with my naturally dry skin, and it never occurred to me that the issue was actually the makeup. There are dozens of reasons why we love Shine Cosmetics, but one of those reasons is that we can trust their ingredients. Shine products are gluten-free, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, and paraben-free. So as you would imagine, Becky has never had any more issues or adverse reactions to their makeup. Truly. So the more I learn about skincare and cosmetics, I have realized how crucial it is to use products that have clean but effective ingredients. All Shine products are put through the rigorous criteria to get the Leaping Bunny Seal of Approval, a gold standard of quality and cruelty-free products. To find cosmetics that have the all-day staying power and clean ingredients is a dream come true. I want cosmetics that look as good at 5 p.m. as they did when I applied them in the morning, and Shine, it is not going to let you down. Don't forget to use code Becky at ShineCosmetics.com and get 10% off everything at Shine. Welcome to the show, Shelly. Hello. <laughs> is this a show? I think yeah. it's a show. Yeah. I'm going to call it a show. We have microphones. I like it. We do have microphones. <laughs> and, you know, I could just put Becky Proudfit and Shelly Smith on a stage together. I'm just saying. <laughs> the world couldn't handle that much <laughs> awesomeness. <laughs> It'll be like one of those things where it's like, we'll leave time for questions after, and that would never happen. That would never you know? happen. <laughs> we'll be like, we probably answered all of them anyways. Yeah. Have a great night. And more than you needed to <laughs> Right. <laughs> Way more than you asked for. We are honored that you're here. We love you. You know that. Mm-hmm. We love you. And it's so much fun to get together and really like see where the wind blows and yes. see where this conversation goes. But let's kick off by Beck. You had you had a little experience okay. with Shelly before she even knew that you had this experience. So we all know BH was like into the social media long before when the dinosaurs were running. Like, she's there. an ancient <laughs> folks. I was right there with her. Right? <laughs> yeah, and Shelly was right there with her. And I literally could not have cared even one hair about social media. However, one person, I don't even know how, I think someone recommended like, oh, you, Shelly Smith's house, you'd really love it. And so I started following this girl, Shelly Smith. House like, of Smith. So it was like yeah. I followed my like 10 relatives in Shelly Smith for like years. And um, she had really, she has really great lip gloss. She's a really great, <laughs> she's a hot makeup gal. And so she sure I she's DM'd gorgeous. her, maybe my her? first DM in my life uh-huh. and said, 
I love your lip gloss. What color is it? And even though she had like a bajillion followers, she actually responded and told me the lip gloss color. And it was in that moment that I knew that Shelly was special. <laughs> yes. Because not only did she pick a good lip gloss, but she actually responded to me. But for years, like I didn't, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't engaged in social media. Guess what? I was just as thrilled, excited, and surprised that someone cared <laughs> as you were that I responded. I was it's, very it's pleased. It's kind of cute. You like, still get sometimes people who are saying, I can't believe you responded to me. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, of course. Like, of well, course like, and I, I That is something that I actually kind of like go back and forth and grapple with with other influencer friends, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I just don't have time for that. And I'm sure. like, I get that it has to come down quite a bit once you get to a certain point. But I'm like, I literally don't scroll Instagram anymore. I just go on and answer DMs. Because yeah, I'm like, that's same. my audience. That's, that's yeah. my customer. Yeah. That's you know, your community. Yeah, my community. Yeah. And if they're not happy and like people just forget, yeah. like this audience is what makes us remotely successful. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, all women want is to feel justified, and that's all we're doing yeah. on social media. And so, if no one's justifying you, then what's the point? And I'm, and I think through twelve years of doing this, you know, what, what, whatever platform it is, because I came on pre Pinterest and all that stuff, just like mm-hmm. you know Becky did. And so, um, for me, I've never lost sight of that, and that's why I'm never concerned with how many numbers and people will mm-hmm. come on who are new and just like blow their numbers out of the water. And I'm like. I'm more protective. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like, can you hang here? Like I right. almost get a little anxious when I get more numbers sometimes because I'm I've created I feel like I've created a community that's still just very chill. Mm. You know, like I've never had a photographer photograph me in my kitchen laughing up at the sky. Like right. that's just not something I do right. because I don't think my my I call them friends. I don't know. But that's what I don't don't think my friends do that. Mm -hmm. And for me, the people who follow me and who truly love to follow me are my people like are my kind of people that I want to party like I want to hang with yeah people are like you should meet people and I'm all do you want to come to my house and sit on the couch in her pajama pants because that's how I want to hang right and I feel like all those women would be cool with that yeah or you know I think there's like one man but I gotta give it to the dude right right? come on but like I do feel like that is that's the biggest a big part of what I stand for is just keeping it very raw and real that's the perfect lead into like what is your, what is your business? What's the, what's the scope of the work that you do and such that you've created a community of chill people, right? 99% women. Yeah. Yes. What is House of Smiths? What is Shelly about? Um, So it started out, um, doing a lot of home Mm -hmm. renovation type stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I say that lightly because we weren't, you know, buying a house in the 1800s and flipping it by any means. Like we had built a house Um, my husband at the time had lost his job and we were feeling stir crazy. The economy crashed and we used like the last hundred dollars we had to buy a bucket of primer because everyone's house looked like a cottage now and not, Mm. you know, glazed Mm -hmm. and brown and with roosters and wheat. And so I was thinking, (laughs) wow, I want that. So we didn't have any money and we barely could move. We had moved to Arizona for a couple months for a job that didn't work out, came back and had like mattresses on the floor and it was a struggle, but we needed... A purpose, and so we painted that house from top to bottom by ourselves. And then we'd get twenty bucks and go buy a sheet of Gordon Batner, and we, mm-hmm. you know, or you know. And so for us, it was this kind of fun thing to look forward to doing. And we did, you know, along the way. And I started sharing that and thought, oh, these people, you know, people who follow me on my blog, which at the time was 
totally yep you know um I better change this over here because my parents don't care about this and they want to see the kids and you know that kind of thing because at the time I lived in California so I switched it over there and that's how the House of Smiths even came Hmm. you know my other blog fell to the wayside and it was a way for me to have I randomly found this community of women just through comments alone Mm -hmm. on blogs that related or hey that's such a great idea and I went to you know, thrift stores and grab stuff and painted it and redid things. And I, I had a lot of good ideas, but I wasn't like the best at anything. (laughs) So I'm like, here's a way to hack this. So you don't have to do that, you know? And so I kept it really real in that sense. Um, and then obviously as things grew and we did bigger projects, we worked with, you know, bigger companies and did things and it's just grown. And then, you know, naturally people are curious about, what's the shirt you're wearing? What, I mean, totally. you know, you've gone through yes, that, like, what's your lip gloss? And you're like, this is not why I'm here. But also I would ask the same question to someone else. So Absolutely. we kind, I kind of, you know, it, it, everything became more lifestyle. Basically. I was going to say lifestyle. It's hard to avoid the lifestyle right. component right. when you have a personal brand. Right. But because I think no matter what you're speaking to, right. you still have a lifestyle and right. it, it, you live and breathe what that is. So it's very natural for people to want to know the other things if they like right. you, yeah. the person, and your, whatever your platform is about. I think that totally speaks to that give and take relationship, though. I think the best... Um, I'll call them online personalities or whatever are, is the give and take relationship where if I was, you know, sitting with someone at lunch, that's what I'd ask them. Even if there was a, they were a doctor or whatever, I wouldn't just sit down mm. and be like, okay, tell me about your last surgery right. and about the best kind of, like we'd be talking about all kinds of things. And yeah. so I think it speaks to like the depth of a relationship when people feel like they can ask you about all those different things and, and you're not the just other person's willing to share and right. answer the questions. Yeah. It's so like, comes see, in. yeah, that's a very natural progression. Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounds, sounds like what you're saying is that it almost had this, like, it was almost like a DIY kind of platform right. or whatever is that the, it pro- is. Yeah. yeah. There and was then, a lot of yet... do it yourself projects. I still have them on my blog. I mean, uh-huh. it's like, they're still accessed every second of the day on Pinterest because yeah. I, they've been there for so long and yeah, you know, you can't outdate, you know, how to take down a wall or patch up a hole. Like, you know what I mean? So to me, that is the thing that has kind of carried me through where I spent so much time and energy putting that in basically at the time what I considered a journal Mm -hmm. and writing and pictures. And, you know, it taught me how to be my own photographer and grammar and, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. And so it was a learning experience for me. I was also a young mom with three kids who were under the age of two because I had twins and then my other and really quickly after. And I had always worked and done stuff. So for me, it was a good outlet to feel like I had connection besides three toddlers at home. Yeah, right. So absolutely. it was good. F- it was good for me. And also I'm really glad it was pre baby beauty stage where like everything, like I'm like, we used to put our kid in a drawer in the hotel room with blanket, mm-hmm. like when they were a baby baby. Cause like yeah. we didn't have a pack and play, like, you know, yeah. and I'm like, they're fine. Just don't shut it. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, <laughs> they won't roll. They don't roll yet. Yeah. And like, so to me, I'm really glad I kind of grew up in that phase where like my kids lived on Cheez-Its and fruit snacks and watched Dora the Explorer for yeah six hours by their mom blocked and so like I'm like it's okay so when moms get down on themselves I'm like Mm -hmm. I promise you it's gonna be fine right (laughs) they will turn out it's okay don't stress out so yeah to me it was the perfect time for me to come in and have the introduction of what it is and then also it has evolved and changed so Mm -hmm. when people ask me what I do it's tough it's not a one you Mm -hmm. know people say you should have this elevator pitch answer to companies and I'm like can you sum yourself your whole life up in Dude, a I feel you so yeah. much on you know? that. And, that. and that's a great creative challenge in mm-hmm. business to to figure out what your ele- elevator pitch, pitch is and really try to define 
this is what it is in a sentence. I mm-hmm. get that. I actually yeah. really appreciate that. And I've gone through that exercise many a times in my, in my yeah. years. And it changes. It's not ne- exactly that's the thing. Yeah. And I wonder maybe as I'm just like shooting from the hip here though, that is something that is kind of like taught in how to be successful on Instagram one one type things is you have to know, like sum yourself up into a sentence and that's a struggle oh, for mm-hmm. sure because I think when your life is kind of you know when you're viewing this and for me it's the same way like I view mine as um yeah I share products and things but like sometimes it's DIY because that's what I'm doing and sometimes mm-hmm. it's talking about mental health because that's what's going on in my life and so maybe pigeonholing yourself isn't the best thing because I will tell you too, we, you know, Becky and I work with a lot of brands and Shelly's name is brought up often mm-hmm. as being one of their favorite fist bumping her um, right now, guys. influencers <laughs> to work with yeah, and the most productive, like a highest converting mm-hmm. one. And so that's, I mean, maybe you're onto something there. Yeah. I honestly, I, I think there's a swing. There has been such a huge swing in social media that happens and I don't feel like it happens all of the sudden it just happens. So mm-hmm. it was, is everything pretty looking? Is it, you know, Pinterest worthy and all these things. And then it became, are you real enough? You right. know, like, are you sharing the bad with the good? And then now we're kind of in a space where it's like, I mean, I believe there's room enough for everyone, Yeah, but absolutely. there's also, you know, I don't shame this person for having a magazine like Instagram feed right. or whatever. Cause that's, that's needed. Like people are inspired by that. Just mm-hmm. like people are inspired by, my life with three kids, like as a single mom now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so everyone, there's, there's a space for everyone. And I think a big problem is that we, that age old thing is we compare, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, Oh, do I need better photography? Ooh, Mm -hmm. should I have someone else take my pictures? But for me, it's always felt like I want to, I want the people here to chill who don't have the money to do photography Mm -hmm. or who don't feel comfortable being in a picture looking not natural. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I, it's, it's a very vulnerable act, and I think personally anyone who is putting their own face on the internet ever in the world period, but especially on the internet, is, is it's an act of vulnerability. It is. And so I feel like, so for me, I summed myself up, you know, if I have to, when I do sometimes, is, you know, single mom of three, sharing everything we love under our roof. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you never know. It could change. You know, mm-hmm. it could be moms of teenagers. It could be, yeah. you know whatever it could be projects you know and so to me I've always loved the name uh, that I picked the house of Smiths because Mm -hmm. anything that happens under our roof is free reign I wasn't just like Mm -hmm. you know DIY this you know and so to me that's helped transition into a lot of different areas and I won't lie like you you it's ebbs and flows and people will come and go and I'm okay with that I would rather I have quality versus quantity Mm -hmm. and so for me the reason I feel that I am successful and I hate, are you uh, blushing saying yeah, that is, you are is, successful but because I don't put so much emphasis on how many it's how, how I present the thing I'm talking about or how I do it. And I say no to 95% of things. Cause I'm like, ain't nobody going to believe mm-hmm. that I use this right. for real, no matter how much you pay me. Yeah. You know, like it is hard to say no, especially now as a single parent, but, I, but at the same time, my, my ability for my audience to trust me will translate into sales a million to one mm-hmm. compared to just pawning out everything that comes my way. Absolutely. Right. So it's been it's been really good. It's not necessarily the most popular opinion in the influencer world, but 
I'll be the first to say that I'm not an influencer's influencer. Mm-hmm. The end. Like I am yeah. the people's influence, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm going to tell you about uncomfortable things or I'm going to tell you the truth about a product. And some companies don't like to work with me because I'm very honest. Yeah. I don't like this, but I really like this, you know? And so I think people appreciate that because not every one is going to have one makeup line or one health mm-hmm. care line or one, you know, hairline that works so great for them all the time. Right. And so that's why I dabble around in different things and don't like to feel cuffed into one company or one thing because that's not how anyone shops. Well, and one of the best lessons I've learned in business and in social media, kind of both of those, is how important it is to not fit yourself into a Mm -hmm. box. Right. And Becky, you've really felt that recently in life in general, Mm -hmm. not just with business, but like none of us. I know we attend workshops and read books and listen to podcasts and all these things that give us information about how to be good at your brand or running a business or whatever, Mm -hmm. but to fit yourself into a box is so limiting to try Mm -hmm. to define yourself by this is what, like in your case, this is what an influencer does. So I guess Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. No, like, please don't, please don't, because then I'm just going to run very far away because that's not interesting to me. I do want to say though, I'm going to flip the coin to, we were talking about this earlier. So I just want to touch on it really quick that we all agree that trying to define yourself by one sentence, like that can be helpful, but like, also wholly challenging like yeah. that's the hardest thing ever but I will say on the other side that going through the exercise of trying to figure out like even just like the one word if I had to choose mm-hmm. one word from the entire vocabulary that's mm-hmm. like this is me the person or me the brand or whatever that's been very pivotal for me in this especially in the past couple of years is like defining that which by the way my word is story like at the end of the day in the work that I do story is what it always comes back to. So I loved identifying what that is. I'm not defined by it, but I love understanding what that is mm-hmm. because it helps me understand a little bit more about my inside, yep. my core. Yeah. And so I don't know if you've ever done an exercise I do. like that. I, I know. I, I, I want to know your Mine word. Is elevated or elevate because oh, I, I feel like that. that is something mm-hmm. that I feel like no matter what happens in my life, I've mm-hmm. always risen above. And that doesn't mean that I'm uber successful or better than anyone. It's just that I have this talent to see the bright side, even mm-hmm. when things are incredibly not bright mm-hmm. and dark. And Which we'll be talking I, about. Right. And yeah. I, um, you know, you try to think of a word where you're like, well, I don't want that to come off. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, like someone being like pretty, like, it's like, okay, right. well, great. You're a positive, happy person. But right. truly I do think it is a gift that I have been given to be able to see beyond circumstance. Right. And so to me, that's something I do pride myself in as well as my intuition, those Mm -hmm. two things, intuitiveness and being, having the ability to elevate myself above moment, you know, circumstances Mm -hmm. in the moment Mm -hmm. have been things that have been brought back over and over in my life that I knew, I knew, I know myself, I feel really confident in who I am and that intuitive nature has been something that's led me to success in my business, in mothering, in friendships. And until the last couple of years, I haven't honored it. Like I just thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, that was a good choice. Or, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, it just happened that that worked. Well, no. Right. You know, the, I don't think as women we give ourselves enough credit. Mm-hmm. You can call it whatever you want. But I think that we all have that inside and we kind of fight with it. And now I don't fight with it. And I just yeah. go with it. And it's that initial feeling of like what feels right and that's not always the easiest thing and it's not always 
the sexiest thing. <laughs> right, know, like, yeah. Meaning like it doesn't look as great as this other thing mm-hmm. that I could have chosen that maybe would have been easier or looked better. But in the long run, it taught me this and I knew I needed to go through that. You know, kind of. Mm-hmm. So let's go there. Let's go. What let's you, go. Let's there. go there. Let's go deep diving. <laughs> How come nobody wants to know my word? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Beth. It's fine. Oh, am I, I even here? The Becky Proudfit show. Didn't realize. Jeez, that. Higgins. I'm teasing. I'm totally. What's I'm not even going to tell what's you. Your, what's your word? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. My <laughs> word is amplified. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's a really good one. Thanks we, for validating my existence. And if you want ladies. expansion on that, we'll read. We'll no, you don't have to have expansion. No, but I'm saying we literally did a whole episode on amplified your life mm-hmm. back at the That's beginning really of January and Thanks, <laughs> it really truly it is and and it's, it's it really feeds into the mission of what you've become about certainly what we are about together as well with the show but like that is your word it's who I that, am really. it is and it, it makes is. no sense and but I, I want to say again I think that that is why you have found such an authentic audience is because of the fact that you don't play into any any of like the games of mm-hmm. social media and mm-hmm. that's probably why you still find enjoyment within it too <gasps> that's mm-hmm. a really good mm-hmm. i i mean like i agree but yeah. i don't think i've ever said it like that and that <sighs> word elevate goes above that too be, it mm-hmm. goes with it so well mm-hmm. because i feel like when everyone's looking at algorithms and worried mm-hmm. about this and story views and all the things and money and companies and i literally just zone out i cannot like it does not bring me happiness mm-hmm. and but you could say that because you did care at some point. Oh, well, I still care. Right. But I care I care in a different way, meaning I don't succumb to trends. Yeah. And it's Preach. never had a negative effect on me mm-hmm. not doing something a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And so when you feel like, even though you'll always have that pull to like, should I do that? Should I mm-hmm. do that? You, When you stick to you and you know who you are, like it totally pays off. In the oh my end. gosh. A hundred. If even that, it, I mean, obviously it's paid off quantifiably, but also if even just that you can actually do it for longer than mm-hmm. a year or two years or three years well, and keep loving it, you uh-huh. know, like that's, that's something that's huge. Like I love sharing. Mm-hmm. I love probably oversharing too much, you know, like that. I love to share and I, my experiences because it's a way for me to document mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't always have to do do it in front of people, you know, but to me, I find so much joy in saying the words, oh my gosh, me too. Mm -hmm. And so for me, oh yeah, I feel the same. Like to me, that makes me feel so good that I'm not alone. Mm. So I keep sharing because I, until I have an audience that doesn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. And you do have a lot of me too's, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people relate. And that's where I wanted to go deep diving. We'll go back to where I left off with that. So I rudely interrupted with my (laughs) selfish, with my selfish Actually, I think that we would have had listeners who would have been like, wait, go back. What was Becky's word? You said yours. Shelly said hers. Thank you for listeners who would have been really (laughs) concerned about that. Okay. So crap hits the fan, right? Yes, it does. In life, in our world today, in our personal lives, like crap hits the fan. We all have stuff and it's really hard and you are no exception. And you have had a lot of really a lot. Well, I'm trying to be careful with the words because you want to say all the words. Transition. You've had (laughs) a lot of really tough transitions. Sweet and gentle way to put it. That's (laughs) what it is though, is it's like, you have this crap happen and within the crap, Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to live in a pile of crap and you have to transition to get yourself out of that and to like transition to something new. So you're not remaining in a pile of crap. Right. right. And that's where, speaking of the me too's that you hear from people, um, that's where I really like, I'm so excited to hear from you because everyone does have their stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would love for you to share in your experience, 
how navigating your way through those moments, those little moments or those big seasons and everything in between, like how you've been able to navigate your way through in such a way that you can be elevated because that's mm-hmm. your word mm-hmm. and you do elevate yourself. And yes, it is a gift. I fully believe mm-hmm. in that we all have these gifts that we cannot take credit for. They're right. just, they are given to us right. and we either do something with them or we don't. Mm-hmm. But why you is women, do we, why as women, I want to touch on that for one sec before why I move are women? on. Why as women, oh, why as women, my do bad. we tend to um, diminish our talents? I don't know. You tell me. No, why though? No, why Shelly? This will be our next podcast. I, know. <laughs> um, I think because it's, I think just through history, we mm-hmm. kind of are like seen and not heard. I know that sounds really old school, but no. that's kind of where things start. And then, you know, we've found our voice and our power, but also we, I think as women, we tend to be, no matter how blunt or strong or successful or confident you are, there in a lot of us, and it can differ for everyone, we still have that feeling of wanting to be loved, wanting to be liked, and wanting to be accepted. 100%. And so I think when we feel that we are making ourselves out to be better than someone, even if we're not, we automatically feel like someone doesn't like us mm-hmm. or that we've offended someone or that we've belittled someone else to raise ourselves up, right? Mm. Where I think this is another thing I've learned, surrounding myself by quality women in relationships versus quantity has been massive for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think my family kind of worried at some point, like, you just don't have friends. Like, why aren't you hanging with your friends? Because I was always at these functions and doing these yeah. fun things. And to me, there was so much more value in knowing that I could be my true authentic self and talk about my wins and my losses with someone and not walk away feeling like I was self-deprecating after. Mm -hmm. And I think that the people who can give you that in life are the people who can stay. And that could be one person or five people. I personally don't believe you should have more than five. But I do feel like there is something there that in certain women who can understand you and root for you without getting jealous or angry or offended. And so I think it just happens that you need to fall into the right kind of relationships. And sometimes that's with sisters and moms and sometimes that's with Mm -hmm. friends or coworkers, you know? And so I think we don't give ourselves enough credit because we're afraid to, but and I'm, I'm the same way, right? Yeah, like fear I can talk you up all day or, mm-hmm. you know, any of the Becky's here up and, but they asked me to introduce myself and I was like, Ugh. like, I right. don't like, it's very hard for me to do that because you don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like that when someone introduces themselves on a podcast as That's this, why it's so funny. you know, yeah. doctorate yeah. who does this. I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay. They're legit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I do. Sometimes I want to be like, I've been in this freaking business <laughs> for 12 years, yeah. guys. Like, I promise you, I know what's up, you know? Right. And it's like, I don't need to flaunt it, but I let my work do the work. Mm-hmm. So You've had companies tell you like, oh my gosh, she's so great. Oh, I love working mm-hmm. with her. And to me, I'm like, oh, that's so nice. But I'm like, ding, ding, did it. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to necessarily say that I'm great at this because I let my work speak for myself. Totally. And so I think that's how the best women do it is that they, they do, they're not afraid to talk about it, but also they know that 
actions speak louder than words. Totally. Mm -hmm. I heard a great quote the other day in our long car trip, listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff. And they said, I don't remember who it was. So I'm sorry if this was you DM me and I'll give you credit next time. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, they said, you know, having a friend show up when things are tough, like good friends show up when things are tough and even better friends show up when things are going well. And it's so true. I know that resonated that with you. When things, mm. when things are hitting the fan, oftentimes you, you have a lot of support and you have a lot mm. of things. But then sometimes as women, I think we need to be a little more mindful about showing up and vocalizing when like our sisters are doing well, when our friends are like having successes to not internalize that as like an attack on your existence, but really to, to learn to celebrate each other more and to like be able to like you said champion each other and be like that was awesome congratulations on what's happening with you I think that's kind of like a lost art is like mm-hmm. being I each other's true champions and cheerleaders yeah I think it comes down to feeling confident in yourself mm-hmm. because if you're not happy with yourself you can't be happy for other people mm-hmm. and so for me and and believe me there's things that I always want to work on but for me it is 100 percent about my mindset. When I feel jealous or when I feel frustrated, mm-hmm. I immediately think, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I turn inward now and it's taken a lot of therapy to do that. Let's get real. <laughs> therapy is the best. But therapy <laughs> is the best. Everyone needs it. Even if you don't think you do, you're probably the one who needs it more. Um, <laughs> but like everybody should turn inward first when having feelings about someone else's situation. Mm-hmm. Because usually there's something that's making you feel that way about yourself. And I, when I learned that exercise, it wasn't fun. But when I learned that, I can then be way happier for people because I realize, hey, does that mean you don't feel successful enough? Does that mm-hmm. mean you wish you had a boat too? Does that right. mean, you know, that you weren't done having babies? Whatever it was, yeah, you know, and, and then you can kind of talk to yourself about that and realize that you genuinely are happy, but it doesn't diminish, diminish your own feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so if you validate both sides, all of a sudden it feels a lot easier. I don't, does that make sense? I, it, it totally, totally does. makes sense. I, I was thinking as you guys were talking about that, about, um, we recorded an episode with Tara from Rad and Happy episode 96. We'll link to that mm-hmm. in the show notes as well, because it is, this is what we're talking about. It is difficult. It is not natural for women to celebrate each other. We don't understand like all the reasons why there's lots of different layers to that, but that episode talks a lot about, how to be better about that. And it is so empowering. It's so exciting, actually. Because when you when you have a wake-up call about that for yourself, it, it just mm-hmm. makes me want to go out and just celebrate every yeah. woman around me and be like, dude, you're crushing it. I'm so yeah. happy for you. Yes. Instead of, you know, instead of that comparison that naturally happens and feeling like if someone else succeeds, like you said, Becky, that it's a loss for us mm-hmm. or that for some reason it might diminish our efforts. Right. Anyway. I so just... if you're a friend, which I hope you all are, I'm a try, make, make that an effort and notice, like, am I championing mm-hmm. and finding, finding victories? Because I know when someone comes to me and finds a victory that I haven't recognized as a victory, mm-hmm. that means so much to me. Like oh, it yeah. really is like, obviously we're all so hard on ourselves, but when someone who loves me comes and is like, that was awesome. That was amazing. Well, it helps about me it to know your, that it was. Children, if you yeah. have kids, me saying to my kid, like, I don't know how you sing like that. Literally mm-hmm. gives me goosebumps. I am, you're so amazing. Like randomly, mm-hmm. I mean, it can lift their confidence sky high. Yeah. So, th- you know, and I, I think we don't do that enough because we, oh, she already knows she's amazing. Oh, please. She has a whole Instagram of selfies. Like she mm-hmm. knows she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> validation in like true human form yeah. and eye contact is so different than getting so different. A, com- a comment, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, about it. It sure is. So for me, I feel like, what you're saying is so true because 
if someone says it, it sticks with me and like doesn't leave. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can post things and, oh yeah, and this house, oh, your house is so clean. Oh, your house is so Mm -hmm. pretty. But when someone walks in and says, your house smells so good or it's just so homey in here. I'm like, oh really? Like I just like, it hits me different, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think that we, we do need to be more aware of that. And also I've been in relationships where I feel like I'm giving, 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 and then I don't get back. And I think that's just as important to feel like you're being validated and acknowledged Absolutely. as a friend and woman mm-hmm. just the same because if not, you will run dry yes. and kind of feel like you're giving more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of the reasons I stop friendships is because I would give the shit off my back to someone and be like, oh, you need a meal here and you need to do this and I'll get your laundry done, you know. But I expect that back Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily fair all the time because it's not how everyone works so you have to make sure you're on when you when you're on more equal playing fields I think relationships work a whole lot better Mm -hmm. with women Mm -hmm. amen so are you okay if I go back to crap hitting the fan crap hitting the fan I'm back to the pile of crap no no I love listen this this show and the way we do it is all about where the wind blows. Yeah. <laughs> I love all every it is. Direction. If you haven't noticed, is it's about honest conversation. It is right. honest conversation, right. and, and we learning on, what we learn yep. from each other. Yep, in all the ways, and mostly the most unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. So you guys are already, as you're listening, feeling things. Um, I did want to talk about it because when personally, when I was thinking about amplifying Shelly's voice on this podcast and knowing that she could talk about 10,000 different things and you really could (laughs) Mm -hmm. like really, really well. But like the instinctual first thought that I had is man, if she could speak to how she herself got herself through some of those Mm -hmm. crappiest situations or moments or seasons, how empowering is that? You know, Mm -hmm. obviously for you, it has been um, and you've gained confidence through those experiences. And it doesn't mean it's all figured out and worked right. out and perfect, no. but it means you model for us mm-hmm. such a great example of navigating your way through. And it doesn't always look like right. grace. So right. what Becky's <laughs> talking about that she doesn't want to say. Yeah. Hey, listen, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. avoiding anything. This um, is your story. So I had a very, obviously, public life with me and my now ex-husband and my kids. And I, w- I am still just an open book. And for 10 plus years, I was, you know, blogging about our life and our family and our projects. And you fall in love with the people that you follow on social media. You think you are friends with them. I feel that way about women who I don't know, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, she just gets me. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. her... I guess people will say, you're my spirit animal. I don't know what that means, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. I thank you, (laughs) you know? And so um, in that, um, I... in, in I'm in no way, shape, or form do I ever try to avoid anything because I'm scared to talk about it or because I don't want to be honest because I really do feel like that's a strength of mine is that I don't, you know, uh, skirt around things. But because my story involves other people, I try to be as respectful as possible. I also learned at the beginning with a therapist that I don't know if you've heard the saying, but it, I'm going to probably say this wrong, but what Sally says about Susie says more mm-hmm. about Sally than it does about Susie. Mm. Yeah. So how I've you never heard that. Have I've you... heard it with Peter and Paul. Oh, Peter really? Yeah. So... You can insert any name you want, right. though. Really? Totally. What Shelly says about Becky. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you talking about other people mm. and their situation or even your own situation with other people in it is going to reflect more on you than that person. And so... Totally. I'm nodding so big. I just, that's so mm -hmm. true. Keep going. And I've learned that the hard way for sure. Mm. You know, like I've been guilty in the past. Um, but for me it, so, um, my marriage ended really abruptly. 
Um, and that is something that I don't speak in detail about only because I respect other, you know, individuals who are involved obviously in things, but, um, it wasn't to, to, to just give you kind of background. It wasn't like, Oh man, my marriage is like, you know, trudging up this hill and we just keep sliding down and we're having all these problems. Not at all. It was like, and I, I don't say this and I get that this is going to probably sound insensitive, but it's the only way I've been able to phrase it so people can understand. It's like losing someone to cancer versus a fatal car crash. Mm. So it wasn't a long, drawn-out thing where I felt like I could really kind of detach and emotionally get prepared. Like, it hit, you know, and I felt like I lost my marriage in one day. I'm going to cry. Here we go. Mm. And... It was literally the most debilitating thing I'd ever been through. And um, it actually took me a year and 25 days <laughs> to write and or to well to write, but then to finally publish my blog post that I have about my divorce. Again, not in detail. It's only my feelings on grief and sadness and going through all of it because I wanted to read it to my ex because I wanted to read it to parents that were involved to people, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to make sure because I know that anything put on the internet is there forever. Absolutely. Even if you delete it one minute, we've all seen screenshots of mm-hmm. Twitter feeds, right? And things that, Oh dang it. I shouldn't have put that out there. My children were not old enough to have social media at the time, but they are now. So anything out there they can read. So I wanted to make sure that I stayed in the best light possible for myself, for my job, you know, as a person. And I'm really glad I did. So tip number one, don't act out of anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff point. it down in your inbox. Keep it on your phone. Or, I've literally told my best friend, if my yes. phone disappears, like if something happens to me and I, my phone isn't in my position, you destroy it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like the notes section yes. in there could <laughs> incriminate me three times over. Like, yeah. you know, because like my crazy thoughts need to go somewhere, you know. And Thank so, you for saying that, Shelly, yeah, because yeah. I don't want people to think that burying your feelings oh, and not no. talking about it is going to get you well, anywhere. And that, yeah, that was the last thing I did was bury. I literally cannot. It's something I learned about myself is that I am like a soda bottle that is three-fourths of the way full. You can put a fourth in and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people have this like never-ending soda bottle and it until it erupts. I do not. Literally wear my heart on my sleeve. Got a tattoo of a heart because mm-hmm. I <laughs> have felt so bad about myself when it comes to that about – I'm not, you know, I'm too passionate. I'm too emotional. I'm too blunt. I'm, you know, and it's like, I was so sick of feeling like I was too much. Mm -hmm. So I finally was able to embrace that my quote unquote flaws that people thought about me were too hard to deal with or didn't rub people the right way were actually my strengths. And so Mm, for me, I've embraced that. And also I've learned from it and I've improved on it and I've edited it. (laughs) And I think that's part of life and social awareness is to edit yourself. And that comes with age and time. So anyway, my, um, this happened and immediately it wasn't just like, oh no, my marriage. It was like, oh my gosh, the internet, you know? And Mm. as much as that sounds silly, it's like, think about, you know, people can, a lot of the time people can segregate their marriage and their job, mm-hmm. you know, and like, sure. you don't need to take your problems into your, your family life, into your job. My, my job was my family life. Mm-hmm. So it ruined and just tainted so much that I couldn't process everything together. Um, and you know, 
really long story short in the sense of like moving through it is that it sucks to go through grief. Mm. The end. The podcast is over. No, <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. But like I genuinely didn't know grief until this happened in my life. And there was a lot of layers to my situation, but I didn't understand grief, empathy, sympathy. I didn't understand any of that. It was like being born again. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. was like, um, and I explain it in the way of, I feel like now I possess these different lenses or contacts that are over my eyes that I didn't before. And I can see other people with those same lenses now Mm. who have those lenses on as well. And just because you don't have them doesn't make that a bad thing. And actually, I say it in my blog post. I'm like, I miss naive happiness all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. I miss worrying about this I couldn't buy or if my house was too messy. Or now I'm like, can we pay the bills? Am I doing it right? Oh my gosh, I'm scared tonight. And by myself at home, like as a single mother, like things don't matter the same as they used to anymore. And that's okay because I still feel validated in my feelings and as much as someone else going through grief in another way. Grief is grief. Like if anything else, your grief is not less than someone else's because your situation may not be as crappy. It's grief. And you need to honor your grief to move through your grief. And until I was ready to honor my grief and genuinely say it's not okay and that I'm not okay – I didn't start healing. So it's really hard and it's a really vulnerable thing. Um, The most vulnerable thing I've ever done in my entire life was write that blog post Mm because it was just the floodgates open to everyone who had a comment. And I was so worried about what people were going to think of me or if they, you know, oh, she was fake the whole time. See, their marriage wasn't great. And I'm like, no, but it was. Like, you know, and I, I genuinely just was as honest as I truly could be in that blog post. And when anyone asks or when any accusations come, like I send them right to that post and then I never have questions after because I was as honest as I possibly could be. And, and that is something that was healing for me until I realized that I needed to talk about it to heal. It didn't start healing. Like nothing started healing. So And Um, by the way, we will link to that specific blog post in our show notes as well. It's very long. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and people will will want to read that who haven't already. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with divorce. That's the thing. Like people who read it and come to me with the most heart wrenching and healing stories are people who've never been divorced, you know, people who have lost children, people who have come, you know, to have a disease in life, people who lose loved ones or, you know, have had a loss of any kind where they have grief, um, It's, I realized moving through grief that this is the most important takeaway. If I can emphasize anything on this podcast, the thing that helped me heal the most was that I figured out that grief is just love. It's all the love that you can't give anymore. And it makes you really sad. And I had to realize that I was so like, I was so proud of myself that I could love someone so much that I grieved them so much and, and my life. And so, um, I feel like as weird as it sounds when I was able to flip that and think, Oh my gosh, like if I wasn't grieving like this, I wasn't as into that marriage as I thought I wasn't as passionate and, you know, 
it's okay to feel hurt because hurt means that you loved and we can't have love without grief and we can't have grief without love. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather love again. And that's, I have trust issues like nobody's business, but slowly I've been able to open myself up to friendships and relationships again and, um, things because I want, I, I don't want to stop myself from loving. So it's, it's been so hard, but it's been worth it because I don't stay in a bitter, angry place because me feeling this much grief just means that I was like blessed enough to love something. And so, so much my marriage, my life, you know, your child, whatever it is that you're grieving over. And when I realized that I was actually really proud of myself Mm -hmm. and because it made me feel less weak and more strong Mm -hmm. because I felt like some people in this world and I have a couple in my life that it's just they don't get attached they don't fall in love like that they have you know all these issues of being able to do that and I felt like that was really good at that you know and so for me it's been something that I've seen as a strength and once I realized truly grief is just love if you cry if you miss that's okay because that means you loved really hard passionately you know And it means that you can do that again. And no matter what anyone says, the only thing that ever works for that, the only thing, it's not marrying someone else. It's not doing anything, you know, promiscuous. It's not filling any part of that hole that you have, black hole in your heart that you have. It is genuinely just time. Time is the only real, true, non-risky healer in grief because it just is and it sucks and there's no explanation but I you know as I worked through therapy and as I worked through my own feelings I found out really quickly like because you start I have journal entries on my phone that I've obviously never shared but um one day I felt like I might want to and it went from I'm laying here in bed I can't get up I don't know how I'm going to get the kids off to school today the twins' birthday's in two days like what am I going to do you know to oh my gosh, today some guy talked to me at the gym and I was like, I got butterflies, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, wait, what? You know? And so you move on in, for, for me, it was really slow. It's still slow. It's been four plus years and I am still obviously tearful and have feelings about things because I know that I've worked so hard to get here and I didn't want to, you know, date or have any sort of, um, um, type of thing in the way to to stop me from healing Mm. and as my therapist said she's like you need to own your we'll say crap Mm -hmm. you need to own your crap you know like this thing that happened to you is a situation we're going to talk about it we're going to dissect it but then we're really going to work on you and I'm not talking like let's go back into your childhood and the deep dark day or something no it was just like why do you feel this way why do you feel this way now how you know why do you feel my thing was I was scared and I don't know Like, even my dad asked me, I'm really close. He's like, what are you scared about? And I said, I don't know. I don't even have a credit card in my own name, dad. Like, I literally don't know where the water comes from for my house. Like, I don't know. And like, it wasn't just a woman thing because I had earned the income for our family for a long time. It was, that wasn't my job, you know, quote unquote. Like, that wasn't part of my role in that marriage, in my Mm -hmm. marriage. So doing all of that made me feel stupid. It made me feel naive. It made me feel embarrassed. It made me not feel like an adult. And Mm. you can really beat yourself down if you don't have someone to go, hey, that's okay. Like, you know, 
hey, I'm with so-and-so and they don't even know how to cook chicken still. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like everyone has their things that they're good at. And that's why relationships work because you have your jobs, you have your roles, I guess I should say. And having to realize that I was taking on all those other roles, plus the ones I was already doing that felt overwhelming yeah, was something I could not comprehend. And I couldn't think about the future. I had to just think about the day. And so, yes, the Beckys have asked me to do a podcast with them maybe two years now. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because I'm like, okay, maybe. We'll see. But genuinely, until they could like come to my house and sit at my table, I couldn't say yes. Because I have to live day by day. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And yesterday could have been really horrible or really great. And Mm so I think for a person like me who is an OCD planner, worrier, saver, like that kind of thing, this life is not conducive to that type of behavior. And it doesn't mean I'm not like that, but it means that I've had to like really kind of figure out how to morph into being okay with this type of life versus the one I used to have. So for me, it didn't feel safe yet to say, yeah, I'm going to just talk on a podcast. But that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And time has healed. Mm-hmm. You know, wounds have healed. It doesn't mean that they're not there. But a great thing that I was told is, like, if you put your crap in a pile and, like, raked it out and, like, navigated every little part of it, like, it would – why? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, take it. You have it. Put it in its box. Put it on the shelf. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be part of you, but you don't need to spread it out and talk about it all the time. So like put it on the shelf. It has a spot. Move along. I don't compartmentalize well. It's not in my nature. I think a lot of women have that problem, but it's just not. And I literally had to learn how to compartmentalize. So can I ask you another question? Yeah. <laughs> we talked about honoring your grief. Mm-hmm. Um, can we sit with that for a minute? Can we, can we illustrate what that looks like? So what does it mean? I, cause I love how that sounds. Honoring your grief. I think I know what that means for me personally, just from personal experience, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear from you and you, Becky, like, what does that, what does that look like from a practical standpoint? Like today I want to be better at honoring my grief because I have grief right now. Okay. What does that look like? What's Mm -hmm. a baby step? What's a, what's an action item? What's a way I can change the way I'm thinking? Like what's, what do you do to honor your grief? Hey friends, we hope that you're enjoying this conversation with Shelly and we're so excited to share more of it with you. We are going to take a little intermission here and we've split up the episode into two parts. So this is where we're going to stop with part one and in the next episode, which is episode 109, we're going to share the rest of our conversation with Shelly. And I just wanted to give you a little heads up on what is talked about so you know what to expect. So I'm going to kind of list out a whole bunch of things that come to mind of what we ended up talking about, which include honoring your grief, therapy, allowing others to offer comfort and support, how Shelly has experienced increased empathy for others because of her own experience with loss and pain, how to follow intuition to know how to actually rise above the darkest times, leaning into forced self-discovery, modeling the grieving process for your kids, uh, legacy, thriving, nurturing yourself so that you can nurture others, living honestly, and how honesty creates connection. And there's so much more than that. It's an incredible conversation. We're excited to share the rest of it with you in episode 109.